The reading is taken from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 to 10. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favour and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In your, all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honour the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim, brim over with new wine. going to start off with a bit of a game this morning. So I've got some proverbs here. I'm going to give you the first bit. See if you can tell me what the, what, what the end of the proverb is. So an apple a day, easy one to start off with. An apple a day keeps the doctor away. Absolutely. Staying healthy, eating healthy things, makes sure that you um, uh, stay healthy. A bird in the hand, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Yes, well done. What does that mean? Anybody? Andre? Absolutely, it's better to have something than nothing and to be content with what you've got uh, rather than uh, chasing after something that might happen. Uh, a stitch in time. Okay, what's that mean? A stitch in time saves nine. What's that? Who said that? Hannah? Yeah? Okay. What did you say? Yes. Don't, yeah. Fix something early and then it won't break even more. Yeah. Um, too many cooks. Spoil the broth. Many hands. Oh, that, that seems to be a little bit of a contradiction, isn't it? Too many cooks spoil the broth. Many hands make light work. Hmm. But in different contexts, they make sense, don't they? And if at first you don't succeed, and that's the motto of my life. So... Our summer series is based in the book of Proverbs, um, and we're going to be working our way over the next six weeks to find out the, the, the wonders of this book that's full of godly advice about how to live your life well. And it starts off with a son giving advice, sorry, a dad giving advice to his son. And later in the book, there's all sorts of these short, pithy proverbs like we've just looked at. But what is godly wisdom? Well, it's kind of the knowledge 
to do the right thing. In the, in, the, in, in the book, it talks about wisdom roaming the planet, making things right, making the, the, the fabric of the world good and a wholesome place to live. But knowledge on its own is not good enough. If you were just filling your head full of knowledge, then it does no benefit to anybody at all. It's when we put it into practice. And the word knowledge, and the word wisdom rather, in the uh, Old Testament has this kind of creative side to it. It's this kind of um, skillful artisan who makes something beautiful. And by putting it into practice, what the, what the book of Proverbs is saying is that we make the world a beautiful place that we make our lives beautiful places that honor God. And it leads to this, um, this peace, this shalom, the shalom of God, the peace of God, the wholeness, the goodness, and the well-being of our lives and our society so that we get into a place where we are living lives which are in tune with God. And there's one word that summed up um, the, 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 the reading this morning, and that's trust. And it was amazing. I was saying to Christine before the service, we didn't collude as to what she was going to say before the service as part of her, her worship. But trust was the word that she got um, as she was you know, preparing for, for the service this morning. We need to trust in God, we need to put Him first, and that our lives are then fulfilling the promises of God. It's good to know that we're not the first ones following this path of God, and that the giants of faith have gone before us, and that David and Moses and Esther and Ruth are all examples of how to live your life in putting our trust in God. So what are the things that we need to be thinking about that characterize what trust looks like as we share, um, as, we, as we live in this godly wisdom that uh, is shared in the passage? Well, to start off with, we need to trust in God's teachings. The Father says, keep the commands of God close to your heart. Living in the knowledge of what God's commands are and following those commands are going to lead us in a way that actually enhances our lives. It's choosing God's way first rather than our way. But to be able to do that, we need to know what God's way is. So we need to get ourselves into the Bible and to be able to apply his teaching into our lives. And he says that love and faithfulness, he focuses on love and faithfulness to be our character. Love and faithfulness, the kindness 
the way in which we support one another, the way in which we are true to one another. That is going to be the bedrock of, of who we are. And if we live with love and faithfulness to be our, our, uh, our, our foundation, then everything else kind of falls into place. And then there's the promise. Because in this passage, there's the, there's the teaching, there's the premise, and then there's the promise. So what is the promise if we keep God's commands close to our heart? Well, it says that we are going to be well, it says peace and prosperity, which is the summary of this idea of shalom. That we are going to be whole. That we can be a, a positive influence on our society and on those around us. But actually, we live in God's presence. We live with God being at our center and our core, knowing that we can trust in Him to provide for all our needs. So prosperity there isn't necessarily about money. It does come into it, but it's more about um, the provision for all our needs. But it also says that we would have favor with God and man. Because if we're following God's way, he, he, we, we, we will be the delight of his heart. Because we are doing the right and good thing and keeping the, the, the covenant that exists between us and God. But also that we would have favor with man. Because if we are following this way of living, this attractive way of living, this kind way of living, that man would actually be uh, honoring us and saying, actually, this is somebody that I can put my trust in. My brother-in-law, David, he's, um, he's somebody who has, has quite a significant position in a, in, a, in a company in South Wales. And he has, has the favor of his bosses because they know that they can trust him. He is honorable, he is true. He is somebody who they can you know, wholeheartedly trust with everything that they have uh, put uh, responsibility uh, in, his, in his remit of his work. So, the promise is that if we follow God's ways, that we will, be live, we will be living in this peaceful, whole experience where we, are, we have God's favor on us, but also have the favor of God and man. And the second part is, trust my guidance. It's so easy to fall into the trap, and it's so easy to fall into the, the lie that if you feel it, if this is what you feel, then go for it. Follow your heart. That's the kind of message of, of the world in today. And sometimes you, you, you fall into it as a teacher at school. Say, what do, you, what do you want to do? And kids say, well, I want to do this, I want to do that. And say, oh, go for it. Follow your heart. 
And there is some truth in that. that. You know, sort of God wants us to be the people that he calls us to be. But he doesn't want us to follow our heart in every circumstance. Because I know what my heart is like. And there are times where I definitely don't need to be following my heart and to be going down a path that I think, yeah, okay, this is going to be advantageous for me. It's actually following what God says and following what he wants for our life and seeking his guidance so that we don't, um, we don't fall into a trap of our own making. So again, we need to get into the Bible to see what God says and see how he wants us to live our lives. And don't rely on your own understanding. Okay, there are some times where things happen in life where you will not understand what is going on. Sometimes life is very confusing and it doesn't feel fair. And it's not saying that life is always going to be a bed of roses. That's not what Proverbs is saying. What Proverbs is saying is that generally, if we follow these, these good, godly wisdom, we'll be on the right track. And that when the rough, when the, the rough times come, that we'll be able to get through them because we know that we're heading in the right direction. And sometimes we just have to submit in our difficulties when life is tough. Say, I don't understand this, God. I, I have no idea what purpose this has on my life. But I submit to your will. I will pray that we get through it I pray that the difficulty will be overcome. But your will be done. And I'm sticking with you, even through the tough times. And it's good to have people around us. We are a community here, aren't we, where we are. We've got friends who are godly and know their Bible and can get alongside us. Jenny and John this morning, examples of, of wise people in our, in, in, our, in our community who can be trusted to tell us the truth when things, you know, you're doing something and you just think, actually, no, that's not right. Who pull us back onto the right track, make sureing, making sure that it's God's way first. And it will always, always result in the easier way. It will be the straight path. It might not be the, it might not be the, I said the easier way. It might not be the easy path, but it will be the one that keeps us going in the right direction until we actually get to the end and the glory. So what's the promise to trusting in God's guidance? that we will go in the right direction, that it will be less stressful because there will be a, an assurance that we're going 
on the path that God wants us to, even if it's difficult. And because it will be less stressful, there will be health and nourishment to your bones. Again, it's this idea of shalom, the peace that actually penetrates deep into your being, that takes away stress. No stress is what I've written down here, or at least the reduction of stress in our lives. And knowing that actually being in God's presence and focusing on God gives us that opportunity to rest in His peace, in His shalom, so that our focus isn't on our difficulties or our troubles, but it's on God. And then finally, it's trust with my giving. And it was one of those parts of the passage that you just think, actually, shall I, shall I just leave that bit out? Because that's the, that's the tricky bit. And um, as I was preparing at the end of the week, um, there was a conversation that started on, on the WhatsApp group, and Andre was talking about um, sort of situations where money comes into play and, and, and um, people were answering the questions, and, and, and it was a really great, godly conversation um, about how we are to live our lives as Christians with our money. And it's quite clear. Here it says, God, give God your first fruits, your best. Not what, let, not what is left over at the end of the month. And these are just some of the things that some of the guys said in... Um, in the, uh, the, the WhatsApp group. And I said to, I said to Guy, because I'm going to read what Guy said, because what Guy said was just, I, I couldn't better it. I told him that he was nicking my sermon. But, <laughs> but truth be told, it was kind of like forming what I was in my head, and it was just perfect. So the principle is that tithing is central to Old Testament teachings. Give God 10%. At the start, you keep 90%, you give God 10%. I think that's a good deal. Because everything that we have comes from Him and is His, and we hold it with open hands and we give it back. And some people think, okay, but what about New Testament teaching? It's freedom for the law, we're not restricted by the law anymore, and therefore we don't have to give 10%. And the key thing there is, yes, we are free. We are free from the bonds of law, not the principles of the law. So actually, we are free to give more, should we want to. To reflect the generosity that God has shown to us in sending His Son to the cross so that we can have a relationship with Him and all our sin dealt with that we are free to give, whether it be our time, our money, our talents. This is what Guy said. Oh. Of course, it jumps to the wrong place now. One moment. <clears throat> <clears throat> 
Bear with. There we go. Right. God is honored when we give the first of what we have or earn. It shows our heart to put God first and give, him, and give back to him what is his. So we don't wait to see what if anything is left. When we put... Uh, when we, have to put, when we have put ourselves first. The ultimate example of this principle in action is God himself. God gave us first, uh, his firstborn son, Jesus, his first fruits. So God invites us to do the same from what we receive firstly and to give it back to him. So the passage this morning is to live in a life of trust. Trusting in his teachings, touch, trusting in his guidance, and trusting in his giving. In our giving, rather. And the promise of giving is that in our giving out, we will receive more than we need, full to overflowing. Brimming over that idea of more than enough. And I don't understand how that is possible. But from my experience, it's true. When things get tight, Maybe a tax rebate happens, or an insurance claim comes in, which is a bit more generous than we thought, or money arriving to cover bills just in envelopes from people that we don't know. There's so many stories and, and, and uh, testimonies from everybody in our, in our community where we know people where that has happened or it has happened to us. Because God says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And nothing, absolutely nothing, can, can separate you from God's love. So the challenge this morning is to trust him. To put him first. Be a giant of faith. And walk with the other people who've gone before and to embrace the peace of God which passes all understanding which will follow because that's the promise of God and come back if that's something that you feel um, you would like to pray through or there's something that I've said this morning that's just really touched your heart, I'm going to be over there. Please feel free to come forward and I'm more than happy to pray with you. Um, or if there's anything that you want prayerful this morning, pray for healing. Um, this morning, Verlin came and, uh, and she's had a, a lump on her arm. Is this okay for me to share, Verlin? Yeah? Yeah, so she had a lump on her arm and, 
and we've prayed for, for uh, her arm. She was really concerned it could have been something nasty, and it's, it's, it's completely fine, and she's completely healed. And uh, yeah, God heals. God is a God who loves us and wants to care for us. Um, so if there's anything that you'd like for us to, to pray for, we'll be over in the, the sofa area there. Over to you guys.